0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Radical Road. It's Matt and Jess. And this week we have part two of the story of Pastor Jay and Marina.
1: Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Truth Social, found at The Radical Road, Twitter at The Radical Road One.
0: Visit our website, ontheradicalroad.com, and email us your questions or comments to Matt and Jess at ontheradicalroad.com.
1: Hello. We're so excited that you're all back and that we have some new listeners, maybe even today.
0: Yeah, we had a very great first episode. Um, very powerful story. Just Amazing the walk that these two have had. Um, I'm so excited to jump into part two.
1: Yeah, I don't know about you, but after we recorded uh, Pastor Ajay and uh, Marina, I just felt like, wow, I felt so honored. I felt so honored by them and blessed by them. And just what cool people.
0: Well, you don't run across too many people that are walking in faith the way that they are. Like, it's crazy face. Like that's all, that's the only way you can explain it. It's crazy faith. It's like, whatever God wants us to do, we're going to go, we're going to do it. We don't care if it's in the Middle East. We don't care if it's in the United States, wherever we're most uncomfortable. And that's where he wants us. We're going.
1: And if you live in the vicinity of the well of Iowa, they're at the, they're located at the Midnight Gem in Swisher, Iowa. If you're located anywhere near that, you should be going to this church. You should be flooding this church. I highly recommend it. I mean, a church alive is worth the drive, guys.
0: <laughs> All right. So, should we get into it? Let's yeah. get into part 2.
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: I don't know a lot of your story. Was there a was there anything between the Middle East and coming to the United States? Let's start there first.
2: Yeah. There was. was there,
0: there was.
1: There?
0: Yes. I thought you were gonna say oh, no,
3: can you repeat? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You, sorry can it can can i have the question again please
0: oh i w- i said um from the time you were in the middle east until coming to the united states was there any journey in between there like was there another country in between there that you went to no we, did, we
3: didn't no, go to any we country. didn't yeah. go to any other country and we actually first came to Boston, where Ajay um, did at Gordon Conwell, uh, uh, Masters in Divinity. He said, if God is going to call, is calling me into this, I need to get into a seminary in order to, because so far fourteen years he preached the God, preached, uh, but he wanted to be fully equipped. Yeah. So we, we were in Massachusetts, Boston. There is a seminary called Gordon Conwell. And Ajay did uh, complete her master's in divinity for four years.
1: Oh, wow. That is incredible. Did not yeah, this.
0: Okay, because where I'm going with this is, how in the world did you end up in the United States?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: um, every year, uh, 31st December, we uh, this is the way we used to do it in the Middle East was we would have a night vision. The whole night, we will worship uh, as we would move into the new year. And uh, as we would move into the new year, we would, you know, have a time of worship and prayer. And uh, uh, and also, uh, we would also, you know, have uh, a time for uh, people to, you know, express and also uh, be able to uh, seek God in all this. The thing is, on the 1st of January, 2004, we went up into the mountains uh, straight after, you know, our night vigil, took some rest and then went up into the mountains. and. Uh, to pray and as we were praying god was revealing certain things to us and one of the things that god was telling me was i'm taking you to the united states as missionaries mm, and your beautiful. assignment and your assignment is to mobilize and be missionaries there for me and to be able to spread the word of God. But still we didn't have a specific assignment as to how God wanted to do things. And God always shows us one step. He does, yes. He doesn't show us the entire picture. So this is something that I shared with Marina because we would go to different spots to you know spend time all alone in the mountains. So when we came together, I told her this is what God is telling me, but I don't know how this is going to materialize. We don't know how this will go. And uh, what happened was when we got back home, uh, immediately within a couple of weeks, I would say, uh, I got a email from Gordon Conwell saying, hey, you had applied for studies here some years ago. And we have a spot for you right now. Would you like to would you like to come? I said, I have no idea, but yes, I'd like to come. Uh, I so don't know God. what yeah, what, what it'll entail, but at the same time, I was fighting with God. I was saying, God, you have kept us in the Middle East. This our ministry right now is thriving. And Lots of people are coming to Jesus Christ. Everywhere we travel, the places are packed with people coming in. And, uh, and this is like, the, we are right at the top of what we are doing. Why do you want us to go? Even though, you know, our life is on the line and we are living in adverse situation, but this is our lifeline and this is our comfort zone. Why do you want to take us? And uh, uh, literally, I had to get into a match with him. I told him, if you want us to go, then you have to literally pick us up from here and take us there. Because I'm not going to go on my own, because people in their mind will think, hey, these guys manipulated to go there. They did it on their own, uh, because everybody wants to run there. So uh, I said, I don't want to do that. You, you have to literally pick me up. So what <laughs> happens is uh, when they, you know, send an email, I said, sure. Uh, what will it entail? So they said, you don't have to worry about anything. We'll send a package to you and you just take it to the American embassy at your place. I said, okay. So I did that. Uh, Marina and I, we went, we'll, we never told anybody about this except our mentor. Mm-hmm. And our mentor started to pray. And eventually the day came for us to go and uh, submit our papers there. And uh, the amazing thing is we were so scared thinking this is like post 9-11. And, uh, you know, people like us, when they see, uh, they'll never give them the visa. So because the kind of, you know, things that had gone on in the States uh, uh, with uh, this kind of, uh, you know, uh, atmosphere so here we are uh, at the embassy and uh, uh, as we walk into the embassy we see a lot of people out there who are basically you know sad-faced yeah uh, and yeah because they applied for the visa and they didn't get it and they are like every time they are turned down disappointed and told, yeah you you come some other time and uh it's very discouraging for them right so we, we saw them and we were like, wow, these guys, you know, if that is their fate, probably we won't get the visa too. So we'll have to go back. I don't know what God is going to do. I have no idea, but he's already, he's already said so. So we are just relying on him. We are trusting God. So what happens is uh, the counselor calls us in. And this is the shortest interview of my life. And he calls us in and he goes through our papers and he he doesn't even let us answer. He's asking the question. It's kind of a rhetorical question, which he questions us, but he answers it himself. So, uh, for example, he says, you know, where are you guys? So he's flipping the pages and he says, oh, I see y'all are going to Boston. Then he says, what are you going to do there? Uh oh I see you're going to do you know, theological studies. I said, uh, he you went through like within five minutes he says, Okay, you guys come back tomorrow, take your visa and I'm giving you five years. So we come <laughs> back. We come to come back the next day. We are like what did what did what did just hit us? We had no idea. Yeah, I said, if God is not in this, then who is it?
1: He's the yeah. waymaker. He is the waymaker.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and we are reluctant. You know, we are reluctant to go because of, uh, you know, our baby that we have kind of you know uh, nurtured and we have pioneered for so many years, and we we have to leave that. So eventually, you know, we get the visa. And then we put in our resignations. And then uh, by you know June of 2004, uh, we have to leave everything. We leave everything. Yeah. And we hand over the ministry and other aspects, you know, to different people that we were already training and mentoring.
3: You know, in one way, Middle East uh, was an experience for us for 14 years. Number one, you know, we went there because of financial constraints but financially god had we, we both had federal government jobs you know and uh, by god's grace you know god had financially stabilized us so much that when whenever somebody asks us about the american dream ajay and i always say that we lived our american dream in yeah. the middle east yeah yes you know uh, when you talk about the 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 materialistic uh, uh, American dream, we lived that in, in, in the Middle East. Now is not an American dream, When even when Ajay and I got citizenship, we said, Lord, thank you for giving us American dream in the Middle East. And now here we are as missionaries to this yeah. nation to stand in the gap, whatever he needs. It's day by day, him showing and we just being obedient.
2: So uh, we don't have that, we don't have that desire of American dream here in right. here in America. Yeah, it's yeah. Now now it it's is more like what is God's dream? Let's let's just strive for that and his keep heart. running for that. His heart, his mission, his yeah. mission. Well, yeah. and
1: the theme yeah. that I really had heard you guys say, you know, over there is that you put God first, and there's scripture in, yeah. about yeah. putting God first, and everything else will fall into place, right? He'll give and you and everything it. else you want if you put Him first. Yeah.
2: That's what uh, Matthew said. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add everything to you. That's right. And
3: Mm. And the other thing that you have to do, you have to do it. God puts you in a situation where you don't have, as this morning we were talking, you don't have a calculation. You don't have to have those, uh, you know, calculations before you. You don't have anything. He puts you in a spot where you, you, not knowing what is ahead of you, you had to obey. That's right. And now we are able to see, put this as a story, because now when we look back at that time, even till today, we have to just seek every single day his steps knowing is this where God is going with us we're not going to go if God sometimes you get an opportunity of this or this of that no you don't dream your own dream you just complete the fulfill the dream of God that he desired from you for that you have to completely surrender completely seek his will and if he's not going you're not going in any plan that you plan like you know there are many plans in the heart of a man but it is God who established how attractive it may look like. But if God is not in it, you don't want it.
2: Just like the, Moses, he, yeah. he said to God that, you know, um, if you don't go, we are not going. So yeah. that 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 is what was uh, with us. If God is not going with us, it's no point for us to go. So when God brought us to Boston, he gave us the vision for reviving uh, United States that 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 was our vision. that was our focus. And that is why things started to flow in that manner. Uh,
1: it, it's I don't know what I was gonna say now. Um,
0: <laughs> I got hundreds of questions. Okay, go
1: for it. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say something in regards to what we were saying. But yeah.
0: So I'm really curious, you know, because here we are. we just we were in Utah and recently, we've come to the realization that God wants us back in Iowa. And, yeah. and I felt like you, um, coming to the United States is how I felt coming to Iowa. Like I didn't want to accept it. Um, yeah, you know, we had kind of started rolling the ball with this life in Utah and things were mm-hmm. getting to the point where, um, things were falling into place and, it really suited, um, us personally in terms of the recreational life and everything. So it was a, it was a- We were living
1: the Utah dream. it, it, (laughs) It was a
0: struggle. So, um, you know, I guess my question is like, how do you end up in Iowa now? Like, you know, of all places, I mean- I feel like I'm starting to get the answer for myself in this, but I'm I'm just real curious, like, what led you guys to Iowa specifically? Yeah.
2: Now, uh, th- that's another story. Yeah. It's a long story, but I'll try to keep it very short. Yeah.
3: You probably need another podcast for this <laughs> yeah. story, but, you know. It's okay. We'll
2: yeah. keep going because we
1: can even break, break this up if we need to.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I always say that when people ask us about our story – uh, we always say uh, this is our story for his glory. So uh, uh. Uh, it's not about us. That's Nothing right. is about us. It's about him. Even if there are shades of what is going on in our lives, it is it is his doing. It's his hand. It's his finger upon us. And uh, he has his hand upon our lives. And that's why where we are, where we are. So um, uh, the studies that I was doing, I was doing the master's of divinity studies and that's like a four year course and program. And uh, I did it in three years. So that was by God's grace. I worked very hard. And within the first year uh, I was trying to just, you know, uh, uh, trying to, figure out and sync with things and sync with the culture and you know lots of things that were taking place for us to fit in so that we would uh, but within within a year marina got a job and she started to work uh, the first year she didn't have a job so uh, she studied very hard so eventually when she started to work i started to take more courses and finish up everything so uh, In my third year there, um, people had started to ask us, you know, where are you going? What's happening with you guys? I said, I have no idea. People always had answers, but we didn't have any answers because God had not showed us. So we had no answers. We said, we have no idea where God is taking us. So, you know. We can relate. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, students will usually, you know. we'll uh, go through the employment channel and, you know, we have the director for employment. They would apply at churches. You know, there are lots of things that go on and, but I'm going to stay very short in this where God one night, I think it was end of October, sometime November, that God just didn't let me sleep the whole night. And, um, uh, What I did was I got out of bed and it was like snowing outside. In Boston, it just starts snowing, gets very cold. And as um, I am, you know, uh, getting out of bed, I go down, like prostrate myself on the ground and I'm, I'm just, you know, uh, because I know God is not allowing me to sleep. I know he wants to talk to me. He wants to say things. And I need to make myself completely available. And I need to just open up my heart uh, for him to be able to, uh, to speak whatever he desires. And that is the time God was telling me, hey, you have to go to Iowa and uh, uh, at this particular church. And the pastor of that church, I'm calling him home. So you have to go and, uh, and be the, and pass to that church. So what happens is, uh, Sunny's mom and their family were here. And, uh, And she was doing a PhD studies at University of Iowa. And I just, you know, in the morning, Marina gets up around six o'clock and says, what's up with you? You are down on the ground. I said, you know, this is what God was saying, that you have to go to Iowa. And uh, I asked her, are you ready to resign? Because I don't know what's going to happen with all this. She said, I'm ready. You just resign and go. (laughs) That's what God is saying. So I said, let me figure this out, what's going on. So I call my sister and I tell her, hey, uh, there's this particular church there. There is this pastor who's, you know, uh, he is he not well or what's going on? Because God is telling me something. And I told her, keep it to yourself because I don't know what's going on, but this is what God is telling me. She, She said, That pastor is quite okay, I'm quite sure. But then she calls up and finds out, and she finds out that that pastor is in the hospital. And then later on in the afternoon, she calls me back again, and she says, that pastor is no more. Oh, wow. I have the Holy Spirit goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, God is already telling me all these things beforehand as things are transpiring out there. And I told her, this is what God is telling me, but I don't know what to do about this as to how to go about it. But then, uh, you know, we come to visit them here. And that's the time when the church sees us and meets us and they ask us, hey, when are you graduating? I said, uh, you know, I'm graduating uh, next year, uh, 2004. And all this uh, was happening in, uh, sorry, uh, 2007. All this transpired in 2006. So, uh, end of 2006. So that, that was a long process, you know, of getting here. I'm not going to get into the details of that. Yeah. But eventually, uh, you know, uh, God brought us here. We didn't come on our own to Iowa. If it was left to me, I would have never come here. <laughs> I always uh, tell the church, i I I joked with the church. I said, who wants to go to the cornfields when you are living in new England, when you're living in new England, why would you want to go to the cornfields? So, you know, it is only, it's a God thing that's going on. And when I came here, I was the only guy in entire Iowa having a Massachusetts number plate. So I said, it's only a God thing that's going on. That is why we are here. But, uh, in our own flesh we would never come.
1: <laughs> yes, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll put s I'll slap an Amen on that one.
2: Amen. Yeah. <laughs> amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, I just, because Marina had a very fine job there and the seminary was already telling me, Hey, yeah, you you doing continue doing your studies, finish your PhD, and we don't have anybody with your experience and with your background on our, on our campus to teach. And they had four campuses all over America. They said, on oh, one of our campuses, we want to have you on. And even my, my director for employment, she was telling me, hey, you are not supposed to be going because you should be here. I said, I can't do anything about it because there is a higher power. God himself, he's telling me to go. And uh, I have no idea, I, I can't even say no to him. Uh, You know, I might say no to him in the flesh, but but then I will land up uh, just like Jonah in the belly of the fish. (laughs) And I have visited the belly of the fish and I don't want to go back there again. You're like, I listened to my boss man.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And also because they genuinely actually offered him a director of missions uh, position at the seminary. And we knew that uh, we can't do that because when God is so crystal clear, yes. You know, he said, don't look at, don't turn to right in Isaiah, don't turn right, don't turn to the left. You will hear a voice behind you walk in it.
1: When you get called, you go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, if we had looked at it from the world's eyes, it was so lucrative for both of us to be there. Yeah. Because both of us had like, we would be having wonderful jobs.
3: Yeah. So anyway, this is our short story, and it's all God's glory. We can, yeah. You know, one these are some things that when you start talking about the leading of Lord, I don't know how in the Old Testament, Moses, and we you relate to those things. So Moses made, um, you know, God made Moses to stand in front of the Red Sea and then parted the Red Sea, and we had never thought that in your life. Now we look back that we have stories after stories how God works.
1: That's right. That he does the impossible. Um, Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Were you going to say something?
0: No. No? Yeah.
1: Okay. Go for it.
0: (laughs) So this is a very general question. I know you guys have been here for a while, but um, I feel like we're kind of getting to the tail end of some things here, but Mm -hmm. what do you see going on in Iowa? Like, you know he brings you here and he has a mission for you what do you see the landscape right now you've
1: now planted a church you know
0: because yeah you know we've kind of come in here now and we're seeing some things in in iowa as well i'm just curious what your take is on iowa and what you see god doing
2: in the state right now yeah so thank you for that question uh Long answer. I'm trying to keep it very short. Yeah, this will be a pretty long answer, but I'll, I'll try to keep it very, very short. Yeah. Um, when we came here, we saw uh, we, we saw spiritual death. Yes, and and uh, and uh, God had given me a message in in the Middle East. And it was the message of Elam, Elam arrival. Where, you know, after they have been wandering in the desert, the Israelites, they come to a place called Elam. And prior to that, because they were at a place called Mara, where the water was bitter. And then, you know, Moses puts the, puts the, tree into the the waters and makes it sweet. But they were contending with Moses and they were saying, we want to go back. We don't want to be here. We love Egypt, this and that. And then they were not willing to wait for God to work in their lives. They were in a hurry. But eventually, when they get to Elam, where there are, you know, twelve palm trees and there are, uh, sorry, uh, twelve wells and seventy palm trees, uh, they realize that God had kept this for them and He was testing them out as to where they were when they were at the bitter waters. And um, uh, I see that when the waters rise. When the waters are rising uh, right now, so wh- what has happened is we have opened up this well, and this reminds me of the wells that uh, that uh, Isaac had dug. He had re-dug the wells of Abraham, and he had. And, and then it reminds me the story of the lady you know, at the well in John chapter four, where Jesus says, you know, I am the living waters. If you drink of it, you will never thirst again. And this is what we are doing here. We're trying to open up these wells and be able to, you know, allow the water of life to spread on this parched land. So what happens is, this is an illustration I give to people, is when the water is spilt on the parched land, on the desert land, the cracks start filling up. And especially if you look at the desert, the the terrain of the desert changes after there is rain, after there are torrential rains, after there are flash floods, everything changes. And the reason why it changes is because of the parched land, the water gets into the cracks. And when it gets into the cracks, it shifts the land. And when it shifts the land, it it completely changes the terrain. So if you were there one day before, and you are there like now, you won't be able to recognize the place. Mm -hmm. So this is what's happening in Iowa. This is one thing I saw when I came here, I saw that there was no worship culture. And, Sunny, I, and Marina, we struggled starting out that worship culture uh, uh, over here. Initially, nobody would show up for the worship nights. And then slowly people started to, you know, understand and see. People started to visit from other churches. And we, what we are seeing is that there is a, a, a an ignition that has uh, taken place, a fire that is that is, you know, getting into the hearts of the people. Yes. And people some, sometimes have asked me, you know, why Iowa? And I have always answered it for years. I'm answering it in the same manner, which I'm going to answer to you, which I'm going to allude to what Sonny also say, said. This is the heartland. <laughs> the, the corridor region is the heartland of America. And for anybody, to be functioning, to be running, and our nation being spiritually dead, you cannot revive it from the head. You can't revive it from the feet. You will see that when a person who is dying or who's already dead, they take them to the emergency and the first place they try to revive the person, is they put the electric shock on the heart.
3: Wow, this is powerful. They put those things
2: on the heart. They just put it on the heart. And there are times when people come back to life, and sometimes it might take a long time for them to come back to life, and sometimes they don't. So this is why God has kept us here. Since 2007, I'm saying the same story. Hey, guys, God has... If God is going to start something in the United States, this time it's not going to be Boston and it's not going to be California. This time it's going to be the heartland because the heart is where it starts. The heart needs to be revived. For our country to be revived, it needs to start at the heart. And the heart is the heartland the heartland of America. And this is where God is going. You know, Iowa is always called a flyover state. Yeah. And and nobody really knows about it and cares about it. And we have got, traveled all over America. And people always, most of the people don't even know that there's a state called Iowa.
1: They don't.
2: But You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But God is going to, whenever God does something, he starts with small things. When he chose the Israelites, he said, I've not chosen you because you're great. He said, because you're small. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the builder rejects the stone and it becomes the cornerstone.
2: Absolutely. So God is doing something here. We are unaware of those things, but there is a powerful move. And it's not visible to the eyes. Yeah. And it's not visible to our, it's not heard even. There is something happening in the spiritual realm, which only you can see with your spiritual eyes, and God is doing something powerful. Amen. He is, <laughs> he, he is preparing the field here uh, for something powerful to come out. So, so this is this is what God has shown me. He says, once this starts, when the heart starts beating, it sends a it sends a electrical or you, I don't know what to call it, but it's kind of an electrical signal it sends to the heart. And so the heart sends to the brain. And when it sends to the brain, the entire body starts functioning. It, it starts getting. So this is what God is showing me that from north to south, east to west, you're going to see a wave of fire. Uh, and that fire is... And that is why he's kept us in the fields, fields of Iowa, you know, and the fields are ripe. Uh, and, and we have to just pick up the sickle and start harvesting the field. As the word of the Lord says, the laborers are few. The harvest is plenty. And uh, the, God is already preparing this place. Uh, for, a, for a mighty harvest. And yes. I see hearts moving, the hearts God is positioning in Iowa, and he's doing amazing things. And I'm going to ask Marina to share some of the things that God has been revealing.
3: Yeah, I'm just going to connecting two dots to what Ajay is already saying. One one thing that he um, you said, so what is going on in Iowa and how, first thing, Number one, whenever anybody who goes to another country as a missionary, you know how many challenges. So we had the similar challenges. So many things that's going on, we were not aware of how, you know, we we actually, I, I'll be honest, that sometimes we felt in, in, in Middle East, we had more freedom than when we came here because we were thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to go, and uh, there will be so much of freedom and there will be so much God you can talk about. We also face the challenge that probably God is the most challenging um, thing in America. Sometimes, yes. you know, we experience in Boston, you can't have open discussions about God because it's the right of God for a person. So we learn a lot, a lot of things that we learn in the reality there are more restrictions than even a Middle East, if you see on the spiritual discussions, you know, and yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's a much more like I, I when I started to work as a nurse, I was told I couldn't pray for my patients, you know, and uh, so our eyes open to a lot of things. And that helps us. So we started to observe, we started to pray, we started to, you know, whenever you go to a new place, you screen through you pray through and you just stay humble and in your own closet. We had more closet time than an open times. <laughs> we know what every that's day. like. <laughs> yeah. Every day seeking God. And then over a period of time, even our four years in Boston and in Salem, the witchcraft and the, the amount the of spiritual warfare we have encountered, we were very shocked. We were very shocked some of the things that we were not ready for. Right. We were not prepared for because we always thought that America was a Christian country, great Christian nation, but that's unfortunately, that's not how we we experienced. So there was a lot, we were taken back, a lot that we gained experience, a lot And we, when we were in Boston, we visited different churches. We just kind of tried to gauge the atmosphere surrounding the Word of God, surrounding the Holy Spirit, surrounding the 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 spiritual culture and atmosphere. So after praying a lot, and we used to discuss, and we used to talk, uh, you know, you're not looking for something immediate, something that happened. No, God has called us a missionary. Stay mission minded continue to seek God, lead, go, do what he asks us to do. So what Ajay landed up writing, he landed up writing actually his whole heart and our experience in that book called Revive Me. Revive because me. we came to, yeah, Revive Me. Yes. So, yeah, and, and we came to conclusion that our prayer is that actually it makes sense for God. I don't know why God... Because if we have to create another mega church here, God says, That's not what I brought you here for. I didn't I brought you here for a mission work. That doesn't mean that we establish another mega church, another this, another ministry, another. He said, No, I called you for my work, mission work. Yes. And that, and that mission work at the root level is again the same. He came to set the captives free. He came to heal the brokenhearted and he came to proclaim the year of the Lord. So that became very powerful. Then, you know, fasting and praying and fasting and praying. And that came to the conclusion that really, if there's anything that mission, uh, mission work or mission heart can ignite is the revival. Revival uh, in our nation and and that revival begins. Then the, the the beginning of that book says, for my nation to be revived, my state has to be revived. For my state to be revived, my city has to be revived. For my city to be revived, my church has to be revived. For my church to be revived, I must be revived.
2: Yes. So it basically,
3: basically, it boils down to a personal revival. You know, the more souls won for Jesus, the more souls transformed uh, lives transformed for Jesus. The more that will contribute to this 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 call, the 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 wave of revival. Yeah, so and I want
1: to. Can I add to that too, Marina? Um, yeah. Uh, as you were saying, the revival starts in each one of us, and I just want to. Yeah. Uh, let our audience know there's a lot of people out there that um, are church hopping. They're hopping from church to church, to church, yeah. seeking out revival. But what people need to understand is the revival is carrying the Holy spirit within you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and when we, many of we, us come yeah. together, carrying the Holy spirit fire within us and we're carriers, yeah. that's what makes a church revival. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. just understand yeah. for all of you out there listening that Um, there's no need to church hop looking and seeking for the revival because it should start within you, like Pastor Marina just said.
3: Yeah. So, uh, so what, what we landed up doing, we just landed up doing the mission work mission means whoever God started to send into our life that became one life at a time, like one life at a time. And the first person that God brought into our life was Sunny, and then uh, yeah, and then you will see. On if now um, you want to see these stories, you'll meet a lot of uh, you know people in our lives right now for ten years with us, nine years here, because everybody has a story of personal revival in their lives. Like Savannah, she can tell you the personal revival of seven years into her life, and um, uh, sorry for twelve, thirteen years of personal revivals, and then through those people that God caused that personal revival became our outreach team. Yes. And that outreach team is the Elam arrival team it means whatever God has done in your life, go to your cities, go to your towns, go to, go to others, go to others, brothers and sisters, and and, and ignite that fire of re- personal revival is so that then other people come encounter with you. They will encounter not you, But what is in you will ignite the encounter of God in person's life. That one encounter of that, God will heal the brokenhearted. He will set the captives free. Last year during a Revive Me gathering at at Cedar Rapid um, uh, last year, we were not even prepared. How many people came forward for baptisms? And at the stage, we saw wipes, We saw drugs. People surrendered, all of those things. And we had to collect it and collect it towards the end of the event. And we had to throw them. And we, we had like only like about 20 towels. And we landed up using about 50 towels of those baptisms. And, and that means just giving people an opportunity to have that encounter with God. And an encounter of God comes through however God wants, through the, the spirit of worship, through presence of God. And this is the work that is going on. You can check on our page, like uh, those many events and then many stories and many, uh, you know, the songwriting means. Sunny, you will see on those uh, alum arrival page, there are so many songs, so many worship songs, so many albums released, because those are not just the songs, those are the stories of a personal revival of this team yeah. that we have right now. So
1: their group is um, LM, it's E-L-I-M for our audience. And you can actually find uh, one of their amazing songs that we have downloaded and marketed on the Radical Road is Move In Us. Is that what it's? Yes. Yeah. Move In Us, yes. I want to say it properly. Yeah. It's a yes. gorgeous song and wow. So look it up audience, because it, it, it's L-M, E-L-I-M and Move In Us and you guys will all love it. Uh, tell the audience uh, where your church is located.
2: So, our church, uh, first I'll say uh, they can go to the website. It's called www.thewellofiowa.com. Okay. Great. And it's located in Swisher. Uh, if you are like uh, northbound, then you just take the exit and turn left. And uh, as soon as you take the exit into Swisher, it's just right there. Yeah, and it's called 10. Midnight Gem. Yeah, the building is called Midnight Gem. Yeah. That's where uh, our church service is housed.
3: Yeah, and about more than church, also, we have many uh, events uh, planned for this summer in Devonport, in Cedar Rapid area, and in Sioux City. So if you want go to the LM Arrival page and there will be a schedule Uh, like this uh, third week of June, we will be in Des Moines at Mm -hmm. uh, State state fairground. um, uh, Just leading a worship and three days crusade, joining with other churches. It's called I Stand for Jesus. Uh, These are three days of crusade um, in Des Moines. I have to hit that. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then in July we have many uh, gatherings. This is this we call this as a mission gatherings. So during this mission months, where you just uh, you know just go with the, in the community and create this just the presence of God, where people can just come mm. and, and and all this brokenness, the trauma, the pain that we have only God in his presence can heal us. We can't do that, but we can set the stage for almighty God.
1: That's right. And I love how you guys do the worship nights. Um, Mm -hmm. And do you do, you do, because are those Friday nights?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So throughout the week, we have other things going on. I think Monday may be the only day we might have off. Otherwise, Tuesday we have something going on Wednesday we have church intercession Thursday and then Public Friday party. yeah Friday we have worship night and then yeah, yeah Sunday worship service so all these things like uh, throughout the week we are busy
3: yeah so yeah. this Friday worship nights is a very intimate intimate just a raw the work of God in individual's life is a very personal so we are Very, 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 just a deep intimacy time of worship of God for everybody who comes.
2: Only the first Friday of the month, we don't have it because people recoup during that time. But uh, I would say rest of the Fridays, yes, uh, we have this uh, worship nights, which people travel from far off distances. There are people coming even from a two, two hours journey just to attend these worship nights.
1: That's beautiful. And you're such a church of... Uh, discipleship, Um, and it's so important and key to have discipleship and to teach discipleship and to pass discipleship on. And you guys do a beautiful job of reflecting Jesus that way.
2: Yeah, discipleship is our core and our foundation for our ministry. And it's weaved and woven into everything that
3: we do. Follow up uh, of of on a daily. I mean, it's a God's life is a daily basis life. You know? It is. know. Yeah. It is. Yeah.
1: Yes, I love What's that.
3: So well, much? I
1: just want to let you guys know. Uh, you know, our audience doesn't even know this yet. We haven't publicly announced it, but we are officially being called back to Iowa, and we're in a transition mm-hmm. period. Uh, Matt will be in the truck for a while doing ministry. I'm boots on the ground doing ministry in Iowa until he. Uh, can join me soon. Um, but so we are looking forward to partnering and collaborating with you two and what the uh that the LM group is doing and the well of Iowa and just co-laboring and, and coming together as one body. We're all different body parts Amen. and we're coming together. Um, we have the same heart, the same spirit for the Amen. state of Iowa. And we really felt you, we we have, God has really spoke to us uh, um, deeply about his heart for this state as well. So when you were speaking about it, we, we felt that. And uh, uh, we are just gonna come together and co-labor with you guys and partner with you. And we just pray that for many of the churches in this area. That we start co-laboring together um, as one body.
2: That we're
1: we're not competition. There's no competition in the kingdom.
2: No, no, no. So, yeah.
1: yeah, Because I know that that has been also um, just... Something that the enemy has tried to come in and and mm-hmm. and yeah. bring into this state as well, and put in a lie yeah. that he has put into the heads of some of these mm-hmm. um, leaders' minds. And we're not yeah. we're not here to compete. It's a kingdom. It's we're here yeah. together, doing it together for one yeah. God, and yeah. Yeah. just so beautiful. And I, I we just love you guys. We honor you, and we're so thankful for you.
2: Yeah, I want to encourage both of you that. Uh, you might find the ground pretty hard, but don't be discouraged in any form because nothing is impossible for God. Mm. Nothing. Yeah. For Him, anything and everything is game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have seen what Iowa was in 2007 and what it is now. It is a difference of night and day.
1: Amen. I love yes. that.
2: <laughs> so, so God is doing something powerful here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, we have been witnesses to what <laughs> he has done divinely and what he's continuing to do. And I I want to encourage you and strengthen you that if God is calling you here. I'm quite sure he will use you also powerfully. Mm-hmm. And whatever your gifts are, he'll use you with those yeah. gifts. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, there'll be voices which the Bible talks about, saying familiar voices. Those are the voices that we are not supposed to listen to. Yeah. We have to listen to the voice of the Lord through his Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And when you start listening to his voice, uh you will see a lot of changes, not only in your life, but you will see the changes that God brings about in the land. And yeah, because there are changes that are happening in the spiritual realm as the word of the Lord says, you know what? No eye has seen and no ear has heard what God has prepared for his loved ones. I pray that God is doing that God is already doing that and he's doing it in a very powerful way you know and yeah. only yeah you know, for us to have the spiritual eyes we can, we are able to see that
3: and we right. uh, regularly routinely god is working in so many he's bringing so many churches alive we pray yep. for pastors yes. it's not you know the labor laboring in the kingdom of god is not easy the st- the jobs that pastors have is not easy yep. right. and so we, we routinely the one thing without even them knowing we pray for every church every pastor every Amen. leadership yes. and um, you know because that's that's one one assignment God's assignment and um, that's right. uh, and just so that God continue to give them courage and strength because spiritual warfare is so just like God works enemy tries to work but we have to know that the enemy is defeated and God is victorious that's right <laughs> and you guys
1: uh, do do uh, Dinner for pastors, is that correct? Yeah, once
2: once a year we do that banquet. So that, yeah, it's called a banquet. We bring pastors and churches together so that uh, we are able to share God's vision before them and lay the vision before them uh, for for not only for the place that we are at, but also for our state and for our nation. And we encourage them and try to you know strengthen them. Uh, because I know it's very discouraging for pastors to be playing the role that they play. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, we, yeah.
3: we all have our church bodies. We all have a community that God has given us the responsibility to shepherd. But at the same time, there is a one common burden that all of us have together is. To continually rise up for our state and for our nation, mm. uh, the state because God has kept us in this state. So we have one responsibility also towards. So when we come together, uh, we also you know serve that purpose to keep caring this heart for the nation and for for our state, for our communities, for our people, because uh, we're not living in the most easy we are living in the most difficult difficult days even now when after so many years when ajay and i said now though that time when god said he's bringing us here even our own calling is becoming much more crystal clear you know when we are going through in such a hard time we are living in a hard times very very hard times very hard times we follow the news. We follow. We are living in a very difficult state and only there is a strength of us when we also continue to serve our bodies, we are, but we also continue to stand together for our state and for our nation. Yeah.
2: So God has given us a heart for the pastors also. So that's why we try to take uh, care for them too. Yeah, I occasionally meet pastors uh, on a routine basis so that, you know, uh, be able to invest into their lives too, you know, so we try to work together uh, in, you know, uh, following the vision. That's good.
0: Yeah. So I've been sitting here just kind of listening to all this and I'm just blown away because I feel like that question of me asking about what's happening in Iowa, you literally mm. confirmed about 20, 25 different things that God's been speaking to me. Um Amen. And I feel like, uh, you know, we have a, a very similar calling here in Iowa um, mm-hmm. because when we started coming back and just, you know, our our eyes were open. Even though we lived most of our entire life here, we leave for three and a half years and we come mm-hmm. back and we're looking through a different lens, right? And and right. we're seeing the dead churches and things. Um, mm mm-hmm. But there's so many cool things happening. There's definitely hope. There's definitely excitement that exists because you're seeing these people that are just craving more. Like there's this stirring in hearts all over the state um, of, of wanting more. And they're looking for somebody to basically bring it all together, you know? I think that's part of the piece that we've had is like showing people, you know, like you don't have to run away from your churches. You're the person Mm -hmm. that can create the fire in your church. You just need to know how to do it, right? Like you just need a little inspiration, a little bit of guidance, whatever it is. But, you know, just speaking and, you know, what you spoke about, one of the things I've been saying lately is... You know, there's this need as a country, like everybody thinks they need a national platform and God's really working in the grassroots area right now. Like it's important yeah. It's important to, you know, not just speak the word over the internet or whatever it is, but in your own home, in your community, in your church, and don't estimate, underestimate the power of what that can do and how it spreads. So your, your word that God gave you about, you know, Re, you know, starting the heart back up and will spread, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's very similar to what I'm hearing. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's this, it's this home base, small towns um, yes. that are eventually going to rise. They have the heart of Jesus. They just need the Holy Spirit power to push mm-hmm. back in, against the enemy. And um, I feel like that's where we're getting led into as these smaller communities and, and basically inspiring pastors. Um, we actually just Mm -hmm. met with a pastor from Colorado. And one of the things that he said was the biggest thing he sees taking pastors down right now is disappointment. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I love what you're doing with pastors, you know, like it's a tough job and they need to be inspired. They need to, they need to be reminded to have that time with God and, um, and just learn new ways to reinvigorate invigorate their flocks you know but anyway so i can go on and on with this but i just love how you guys answered that question and for people listening especially people in Iowa you should be very mm-hmm. excited what's happening here right now like things are bubbling yeah, no. up and people mm-hmm. that have been around here for a while who are really in tune with the holy spirit they feel it they they mm-hmm. they sense it and they see things, they see things mm-hmm. happening. So we're excited to be coming back into Iowa. We're equally excited to be connected to people like you, because this humbled, the, very humbled this by it. unity that, that needs to happen between the church body in Iowa is what really mm-hmm. will make God flow in this place um, and then flow beyond its borders. So, um, anyway, Amen. I just wanted to say all that, but <laughs> I'm out of questions. So <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I think we just ra- like to wrap it up. Is there anything you guys yeah. want to add?
3: No, I think we would like to thank you for connecting. Yeah. It was a joy and excitement, probably an answer to pray to hear your heart too. Yeah. Because that's, that's probably years of prayers. Look, this is the work of the Lord that God would want it to do for so many years, and this is an encouragement answer to the prayer hearing your heart. Yeah. Oh. Amen,
2: amen. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, for for Marina and me, it's kind of, uh, we have completed the circle. Uh, her mentor was from Seattle, from the United States, and we have come completed that whole circle, come in here. Mm-hmm. And for us the in the Middle East, there was a gentleman from uh, Iowa. I think he was from Orange City. I don't know which city, Orange City or somewhere. Mm-hmm. He uh, he started a, a ministry in the Middle East, which was completely forgotten, and then uh, uh, it was in the freezer. So when we went back, went back into that, and we started to revive things as God was yeah reviving uh God uh, started to, you know, put them upon our hearts and God started to. So it was a full circle for, for both of us to be here as God is doing, you know, amazing things. So we just want to thank you for giving us the opportunity uh, to share our heart and uh, also, you know, uh, uh, share what God is doing. And especially for our state and for our nation. And we want to encourage you and also strengthen you uh, in all this.
1: Thank you. We always love to pray out in yes. our episodes. Please. So we would be honored if you would pray out for yes.
2: us. Thank you. the exact Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you, Pastor Zai. Yeah,
2: thank you. Father, we just come before you knowing that you are the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're the God who never fails. You're the God who always keeps his promise. And I pray, Lord God, for Jess and also for Matt, that you have brought them here for a purpose. And why you are establishing them here, Lord God, it's your divine plan. And the way you want to do things, Lord God, we have no idea, but we know that all, these plans are not ours, Lord God. These are your plans. So I pray, Father, that as you anchor them here and the way you want to do things through their lives, I pray, Father, that there would be an amazing move where you keep them. An encouragement for people around them that just they being there, there will be many pastors, many churches, many people who do not even know the vision ahead, they do not see things ahead, that you would, Lord God, be able to impart that upon their lives through Jess and through Matt. I just pray, Father, that you'd be with them. Continue to, Lord God, just mobilize their ministry. Continue to, Lord God, uh, harness it by the Holy Spirit so that Lord God, as they are able to move ahead and move in your anointing, Lord God, I pray that there would be a mighty outpouring of your spirit, mighty outpouring of your love, the extension of their tent beyond measure, and you are going to do mighty wonders. So Lord God, we just come before you, and we thank you for the work that you're about to do, the work that you're already doing, and the end result, Lord God, we know where you're taking this all. We want to, Lord God, bless your name because you do great and mighty things. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Your word never changes. Your ways don't change, but Lord God, you change our hearts. So I pray, Father, that you change us wherever we need to be changed, Lord God, and transformed so that we are always, Lord God, able to fit in your plan and not try to make you fit into our plan. I pray, Father, that your grace be sufficient for us all. And I pray, Lord God, that just and met that you will provide for them in every way, Lord God, whatever their needs are. And you will, Lord God, also use them mightily as they have, Lord God, expressed to be part of what we are doing. Father, I pray that you will, Lord God, show them those avenues and ways in which, Lord God, they can also, Lord God, serve. I pray, Father, that your will be done in this and your kingdom come through all these endeavors that we have, Lord God, placed. I pray, Father, that many more souls be drawn to you, lost souls, those souls that are completely, Lord God, given up to the world, given up to lust, given up to addictions, given up, Lord God, to drugs. I pray, reel them in, Lord God. I pray, Father, just as your word says, and the vision that Christ had, to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. I pray, Lord God, that you would allow those things to happen. And I pray, Father, that you let your spirit work through our lives. For your word says, it's not by might, neither is it by any power, but it is by the spirit of the living God. So work through us, Lord, work through us. And I pray, Lord God, for your mighty blessings upon Jess and Matt and your will be done through their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank Thank you guys. Thank you so
3: much.
0: (sighs) Thank you guys. We appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And welcome back to Iowa. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Blessings upon your life. Yeah. 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 Well, that's it for us now. Yeah. God bless Uh, you. It's been an amazing episode we appreciate you guys being on and uh for our audience we'll see you next time